Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Amen, amen, amen. How's everyone going? How's everyone doing? Good to see you guys. We are celebrating the entire month. We've had an incredible, incredible month this, this, this year, uh, and really this last month. Uh, April 7th was week one of the month, and we celebrated with our 10-year anniversary, had the inflatables. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Thank you for the one clap. Amen. <laughs> if you're new with us, here's our rule. If one claps, we all clap. That way, it's just not awkward. You know what I mean? If one claps, we all clap. Um, uh, so we celebrated that weekend, really shared all that God has done in the last 10 years, and it was a great service. Uh, week two was the beginning of the series that we're in. We, we're calling this series Thriving, and we talked about a core value that's on the inside of us as a leadership team, and that core value is courageous faith. And what does that mean? That means we don't let circumstances tell us what to do. We tell circumstances what to do. And if you're interested in that podcast and li- listening to that message, uh, go back to our website, yourplacechurch.com, click on the, all, our media site there, our media page, find the April 14th message and just kind of listen to that again because that is a part of who we are, is this courageous faith. Eight people said yes to a relationship with Jesus that weekend. Amen. I love it. And then, of course, last weekend was Easter, had four services. We worshiped with over 630 people last weekend. That was amazing, all four services. It was packed. We were mopping momentum off the floor last weekend. It was amazing. The biggest number we're celebrating is 14 different people said yes to a relationship with Jesus that weekend. Amen. And now... Now we're baptizing a whole bunch of people this weekend, so it's just a bit, it's been a great, great weekend, and as you can tell, the room's full, which is why we need phase one to be taken care of so we can roll right into phase two of our, of our renovation. If you're new with us, we're actually renovating the space. You saw the construction fencing, the trailer, and stuff like that, and once we pay phase one off, we'll go right into phase two, which doubles the size of this auditorium. We go from about 200-ish chairs to almost 500 chairs. And uh, the whole thing flips this way, where we'll be facing, the stage will be over here now, and we absolutely can't wait to reach even more people for Jesus Christ. And then going out of this service into, into May, which is next weekend, it's Cinco de Mayo, and uh, we're having an ordination service. And if you're, if you're unfamiliar with that, we have three of our staff pastors that have fulfilled what our bylaws suggest as far as being ordained and licensed as ministers uh, for the kingdom of God, and, and we're going to set them apart next week. And so it's going to be a special, 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 special service, and we've got Choco Tacos for everyone on Cinco de Mayo next week. So we're going to celebrate with everyone. Amen. The whole point of this series has been really answering the question, Pastor Darian, why Mays County? I mean, we're celebrating 10 years as a church. Um, a lot of people want to know what our background is. That's why we, we recommend Compass next weekend. We tell you that story in Compass. Um, plus, we find out what you're wired, how you're wired, what your gifting is. It's really just a, amazing. Everybody who goes through Compass comes out going, I had no idea that that was a gift inside of me, but it makes so much sense. And so 
A lot of people ask us, well, why, why are you, why here, why now? And really what we have determined is there have been some things that have been put inside of us over our last, you know, over 30 years of serving Jesus uh, that we believe that God wants inside of the people of Mays County, one of them being courageous faith. The second one that I want to talk about today is this thought of authentic relationships, Authentic, and the key word there is authentic relationships, not something that's just surface level. We see each other at the water cooler, wave at Walmart. I'm talking about real, genuine, deep, authentic relationships, and that's a core value for us here at Your Place Church, and we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you. We never start a service, Father, without inviting you just to come, have control over our thoughts, have control over our hearts. Father, lead us, speak to us about this message in ways that apply to us. Father, I'll never, I'll never get tired of hearing people say, how did you know I was going through that? And of course, Lord, I don't know, but you know. And it's because your Holy Spirit is witnessing, is ministering to people during our services. And so, Father, that's what we ask you to do. We give you permission to say and do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the two loneliest people in the world are pastors and CEOs of companies. And the reason why is they're at the top of the food chain, if you will. You know, if you're the CEO of a company, you're like the boss, and everybody who wants to get close to you has ulterior motives, right? Well, if you're the pastor of a church, then everybody who is in relationship with you wants you to fix them. That's, that's just kind of how it works. I'm sure those who are in the counseling industry feel the same. It's, not, it's no longer just a base game. It's a, ther- or a baseball game. It's a, it's a therapy session, right? Hey, since I've got you, I've been kind of going through something, right? And uh, that's not true for us. For us, we actually have found a way to develop healthy, great friendships. And it's, it's one of those deals that we had to... We had to open ourselves up to achieve. I've actually got several friends. A um, few of them don't, don't live anywhere near me, so I'm so thankful for like mediums like FaceTime and Zoom because we can, we can get on a Zoom call or a FaceTime call, and it's like we can see each other. It's like we're in the same room. But there's a thing about some of the friends that I have. They, they're not impressed by me. You know what I mean? They couldn't care more, but they couldn't care less. And they're not impressed with uh, how smart I am. They're not impressed with my leadership. They're not impressed with our church that's growing. They're not impressed with any of that. They just love me for being Darian. And I need people in my life just like that. We all do. We all need people who are willing to build an authentic relationship. And one of my friends, specifically, for whatever reason, when we, when we first met, we just clicked. You know what I mean? It's like... I don't know what it was about him, and he probably doesn't know what it was about me, but we just clicked. Um, every time we're together now, uh, it's like we just pick right back up where we left off. We, we couldn't have seen each other for weeks, months, not talk on the phone, and then we were together at the same event or something, and all of a sudden, it's just like, bro, what's up? And we're like, it's just like we're college roommates or something, you know what I mean? And it's so good, and it's so healthy. And I'll never forget a few years ago, it was a Thursday afternoon, I was driving home from the office here, and I was going down Highway 20, and he called me. And I, was, I answered the phone, and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, I'm excited uh, that he called, and I could tell something in his voice suggested that there was something wrong. 
And after a few minutes of conversation, I found out that his marriage was actively imploding as we speak. And he said she left. She, she checked the kids out of school. She packed some stuff. I came home. She was gone. And, of course, he was referring to his wife. And you could tell he was just absolutely devastated. And he didn't know what to do. And here's the thing you need to understand. It wasn't even a consideration. I said, I'm on my way. Now, he lived a day's journey from Mays County. Like, it was going to be a several-hour commute for me. But I called Tyra, and I was like, hey, I'm coming home. I'm packing a bag, and I'm headed south. And then I, I kind of explained the situation. And, of course, she knows our relationship. And she was like, okay, okay. And it, that right there is an authentic relationship. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. My friend had fallen. And he needed somebody to help him back up on his feet. And that somebody was me. And I was on my way to do that. Verse 11 goes on says, Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Relationships are life to us. We were never intended to do life alone. And this is something we believe in and therefore have the benefit of several authentic relationships in our life. You know, there's a scripture, of a, or a story in the Bible in, in 1 Samuel chapter 18 that talks about what I'm defining as an authentic relationship. This is the story of David. We're all familiar with the story of David. After the Lord rejects King Saul as king, uh, the prophet Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and he anoints one of his sons, just happens to be David, as the next king over Israel. But before that whole formal transition took place, uh, before Saul you know, was, was rejected as king, but after David had killed Goliath, we see this whole exchange that happened. Saul begins to grow jealous of David because now as he's getting older, he begins to, uh, he begins to fight for the, for the nation. And they come back after being out at war one time, and the people in the town begin to celebrate Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his tens of thousands, right? Saul introduces David to his family. We pick the story up here in verse 1. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, which was David's son, I'm sorry, Saul's son, was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Like, that's an authentic relationship. And right here, they just, they just met each other. And all of a sudden, Jonathan's like, man, there's something about you. And David's like, I feel that. I feel that. And Saul took him in that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that, he was, that was on him. And he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword, his bow, and his belt with if you understand covenant, the, these are covenant 
principles. These are covenant actions. Jonathan was, in a sense, cutting a covenant with David right then. And a covenant is not just, it's not like a contract. If you break it, then shame on you. A covenant is till death. I mean, it is like, I'm making a covenant with you all the days of my life. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And that's what happened here between David and Jonathan. We don't have these types of relationships anymore. I feel like so often we, we are becoming offendable people. Or we, we're riddled with insecurity. If something goes on in someone's life, we're kind of, we kind of back away from it. And we're like, well, I hope, I hope God fixed that situation. And we'll pray for people, which is great. And we'll like, God, change them, use them, get into their world. And he will. But did you know through Scripture, every time God has a difficult conversation with somebody, he uses a leader in the Bible to do it. He always uses somebody to have the conversation with people. And we don't like that. And so what's happening is because we're not willing to build relationships, I'm talking about deep relationships, then what happens is our relationships are becoming more surface-level surface type relationships. The key to authentic relationships lies in the descriptive word authentic, not surfacy, not fake, real, healthy, authentic, no lies, nothing to hide type relationships. Now, I know it takes time to develop that. In fact, there's three characteristics that I have found that makes up what we refer to as authentic relationships. Number one, it's trust. I gotta trust you, you gotta trust me. It's, a, it's vulnerability and it's accountability. So let's take those three real quick before we baptize some people and let's talk about that. Let's talk about trust. Complete trust is something that just, it's gained over time. You know, even though my friend and I, we, 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 we felt something, like, I felt like God joined us together. It still took time to develop that. It's time invested. And I think so, so often we don't manage our time well, so we don't think we've got any time, right, for, for friendships or relationships. It's like, man, I don't got time for friends. I got this job. I got this family. I got this thing I do. And then next thing you know, we wake up one day and we're all alone, Right? I mean, outside of our family, our family's good. And listen, I am not watering down the need and the importance of investing in your family at all. We're a family ministry. We're a family church. We believe in family around here. But we also believe in authentic relationships. And so many times we don't, we don't manage our time well enough to have or create these relationships. We don't have time for friends. If we don't have time for friends, we're wasting time. We all eat lunch we could have lunch with people. Are you with me? Most of us drink coffee. We can have coffee with people. I know for me, I get my hair cut over in Claremore, and it's not because I don't think there are great stylists in Mays County, okay? I just happen to have a relationship with someone over in Claremore, and so that's where I go. In fact, several people in our church go over there, and so they turn me on to this person, and so I go over there to get my hair cut. Well, it is not uncommon for me to get someone and just have them ride over with me to get my hair cut. And you're like, that's weird, Darian. What do they do? Just sit there and watch you get the number one fade on the side? No. I mean, they may, but that's not how it normally happens. For me, it's the, it's the, it's the 20-minute drive over there. It's us grabbing lunch while we're over there. 
They go check email while I'm getting my high and tight or my fade or whatever. And then we get back in and we have the drive back. What is that? That's investment. That's investment in time. And it's us spending quality time together. Several of us are here today because we're, we're investing time into a relationship of someone who's getting baptized today. What is that? That is, that's time invested. And trust comes from that. And let me just pause right here and say, listen, if you're in the room today and you're thinking, man, maybe I should have signed up to get baptized, it's not too late. Like, we're ready for you. Every single time we have a baptism, we've got these shirts waiting. We've got all kinds of sizes of shorts, of undergarments. We've got a towel. Someone says, well, I didn't invite anybody. We'll, someone in this room will take your picture, okay? And you can give it to somebody. There is no reason why you shouldn't be baptized today. We had one person sign up for baptism, first service, and we had like three or four people get baptized. Why? Something about the service, something about Jesus in the room says, I got to get in the tank. And so when I released them, like I'm going to do here in a few minutes, to go back and to get ready to get changed, if you need to get changed, they just jumped up. They went back to our little dressing area right here. They put on the clothes. They got in the tank. We celebrated together the baptisms, recognizing life change, and it was powerful. The second thing about authentic relationships that I want to point to today is that simple thought of being vulnerable with each other. And here's how you be vulnerable. A lot of people, they're like, it's just weird. I don't know what to say. How about just start telling your story? Vulnerability is when someone backs up the truck and goes first. All right? What does that mean, back up the truck? That means you, you come in, beep, 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 and you lift that dump up just a little just a little, okay? Spill out a little bit at first, and then if they back up their truck and they spill out a little bit, you know you're headed in the right direction, right? You, you spill out a little bit more, and then they spend out, spill out a little bit more, but we don't want to do that. We have, we have this Instagram life that we have to portray, and we don't want people to see that we actually are not living the Instagram life we have. We have a friend, I'm not on social media anymore, it was a time sucker for me, and so I, I just got off of it, but uh, I'm, I, I look at everybody's story through Tyra when she's sitting next to me looking through her stories. Um, but we have this friend, and it seems like she has been in every paradise location on the planet. She's got this really fit boyfriend, you know what I mean? He's always walking around with his shirt off. He's got these little, he doesn't have a six pack, he has an eight pack. Okay, you know what I mean? And so he's like this really, you know, jacked guy and like huge. And they're always eating at fancy restaurants. She's always snapping pictures of what they're eating. And I'm like, I wonder what that tastes like, you know? And it's like everywhere they go, it's like they're doing nothing. It seems like by, by her Instagram, she's doing nothing but traveling the world to paradise locations, smelling the flowers and letting the ocean mist hit her in the face. As the sun's going down in the right filter, it's just right there. Like, you would assume this is how she lives her life, right? But here's the story. Tyra and her are actually close. And every time she's in town, they have lunch together. And they have this authentic relationship. And Tyra knows her behind-the-filter story. Are you with me, friends? See, we're afraid that if we let someone in, then they'll learn that our, our real life doesn't portray our insta-life. 
And then if we're afraid that if I let somebody in, then they're going to, they may talk about me. They may share my stuff. And I, I can't let that happen because I've got an image to portray. Now, we, we, we would never say that out loud because we would call that childish. But yet it's definitely something we think about. And it probably stems back from high school. Man, we've got some people that worship with us. Some of them are you. It's okay. We all, we're all growing. But man, stuff happened to you in high school that you're still hanging on to. And something was said or something was done, and you haven't let it go. And every time you see that person in our county, you're like, yeah, I still remember. I don't know who TP'd your house last week, but I know who it was. You know what I mean? It may not have been me, but I know who it was, and I may have instigated it. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want people to have access to the real us. And the problem is, because no one has access to the real us, we're not vulnerable with anyone, then what happens is we never get freedom. We never have a safe place to unload that stuff, and every single one of us need a safe place to do that. And some people are like, well, that's my spouse. What if it's about your spouse? You need a safe place where you can process that stuff. Well, how do I know I can trust someone? Well, when you back that dump truck out, if you let out a little and they let out a little, let out a little bit more. And if they let out a little bit more, then you just dump it all. And they will dump it all. And something happens in that moment when you can cry together, pray together, encourage each other. I had, I had one guy, and I was like, man, I think this can be my friend. He lives closer. And uh, I'm like, I think I can, I can probably foster a relationship with this guy. And uh, I started to back up my truck a little bit, and I started to dump some stuff out that I was processing through. And he's like, yeah, that sucks. And that was it. Like, he didn't encourage me. <laughs> he was like, he, he made it seem like he's perfect, and he never had to deal with anything in his life. And I was like, okay, beep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, we see each other. We're still friends, but we don't have that authentic relationship. Me and this guy I was talking about earlier, like every time we're on the phone, I'm like, how's your heart, bro? What's going on in your world? And he just... I mean, both of us, we just both, we unload. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're both sitting in a huge pile of dirt, but we're sitting there in freedom. We're sitting there recognizing the presence of God and encouraged. Authentic relationships take sacrifice. You know, when Jonathan stripped off his armor and his weapons and he gave it all to David, he was telling David, you know what? I know you're going to be king next. See, back in Bible days, the king, typically, his son would take over when he, when he dies. But in this moment, Jonathan knows that God has anointed David to be king. And he says, you know what? Even though this is my dream, even though this is the way it's supposed to happen, I know you're the guy. And even though, even though this is going to be a challenge, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to risk my life in this. I'm going to risk my relationships in this. I'm going to risk everything in this, but I just want you to know, I know, and, and I pray for you, and I'm believing God for you. 
So even though your friend may be up for the promotion, even though your friend may be having the life that you want or desire, authentic relationship still just stays right there with them. There was a moment when Jonathan knew something was up, and he told David, hey, I think my dad's going to kill you. I think he's going to try to kill you. And David was like, I kind of have that impression when he threw a spear at me the other day. Just stuck right in the wall. But then he said he was sorry, so I I think we're good. I don't know. He's like, no, 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 he's up to something. We're supposed to go to this dinner tonight. Jonathan says, why don't you not show up? And I'll tell dad, because he's going to ask for you. I'll tell dad, hey, I told him he didn't have to come. And if he, if he blows a fuse, then we know something's up. But if he's like, cool, pass the carrots, then we'll know that you're good. And so sure enough, the dinner happens. Saul leans back. Jonathan, where's David? Oh, I gave him permission to go do this other thing tonight. He's so mad. Flips a table. Gets up and... Jonathan's like, what do you got against David? He picks up a spear and throws it at Jonathan. The uh, writer of 1 Samuel is so clever right here because he made an astute observation. He said, so Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. What was your first clue, right? (laughs) Jonathan went and warned David at the risk of his relationship at the risk of someone in the kingdom seeing him, at the risk of his own life. They had this thing, you know, I'm going to shoot this arrow. If it lands close to you, then if it lands, you know, here it is, right? Verse 41 says, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. They kissed each other and they wept together. Now, this is not weird. The Bible says to greet each other with a holy kiss. This is not what some people are making this out to be. But they were broken because they knew this was it. They were parting ways. They didn't have social media. They couldn't be like, oh, look at Jonathan's firstborn Mephibosheth. Oh, I'm so sad that that accident happened. You know, they couldn't couldn't do that. And so this was it. And here's what the scripture says. But David wept the most. Why? Because he knew that this authentic relationship in his life was coming to an end. Verse 42, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me, between your descendants and my descendants, not just during our lifetime, but forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. Authentic relationships take sacrifice. People don't need you when it's convenient. People need you when they need you. Does that make sense, friends? People need you when they need you, not when it's convenience. You know, I had things to do that weekend that my friend called. Services were ready. Wasn't exactly in the budget for me to drive several hours to this guy's house. But it took sacrifice, and I was willing to do it. Does this make sense, friends? Authentic relationships involve sacrificing time, resources, emotional energy, and preferences. It means getting to know people, making time to spend with them, bearing with their failures and working to forgive them when they wrong us, which leads me to the last thing that I want to talk about before we baptize people, and that's simply this. 
Authentic relationships are accountability. If you've clocked time with people, you've built trust, you're vulnerable, you've sacrificed, then it just naturally breeds accountability. Well, what is that? It means I'm responsible for you, and you're responsible for me. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself so that you may be, or else you may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If your friend does something stupid, they implode, they, do, they go back to that addiction, they go back to whatever that was. We have a responsibility, if we're genuinely friends, to have the conversation with them. And we're like, no, that's their business. I, I'm just, stay out of their business. My parents always told me, stay out of, you keep your nose in your business and they'll keep their nose in theirs. No. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, go to them. Have a hard conversation with them. Do it gently. Like, you don't have to be weird. You're going to hell, bro. Some people, that's, it may take that. I don't know. But here's my point. We have a responsibility to go to people. Everybody's allowed a human moment. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I need people to call me on my stuff. And I've given people permission to do that. Hey, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm being a jerk, like, someone please have a conversation with me. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Like, consider it. First Thessalonians 5, 11 says, encourage one another to build each other up. But here's the thing. We're only as accountable in life as we want to be. Meaning this, if you're not good and someone asks you, hey, bro, you good? Hey, girl, you good? And we're like, yeah, we're good. Things are good. Our brows are up and we're lying through our teeth. We're only as accountable as we want to be. What's in the dark always comes into the light. Every single time. It always comes into the light. So it's best just to be like, man, I'm actually I'm not. I went back to that addiction. I'm looking at those sites that I swore I'd never look at. I've got this unhealthy emotional relationship with this person in my office who is not my spouse. And I'm actually a little nervous because we're all going on this business trip together and I just don't know what's gonna happen. I need you, I need you to call me. At this time, our last session's over, call me. Make sure. I'm making healthy decisions. And in that moment, it's not, I thought you were bigger than this. I thought you were over this. It's okay. And then you call them. And you FaceTime them. And you say, turn the phone around. Where are you? I'm here. I'm good. What is that? Accountability. And authentic relationships have accountability. Amen, everyone? You know, I'm going to finish the story of my friend, but before I do that, if you're going to get baptized today and you're not already ready to, to get in the water, I'm actually just going to have you stand up right now. If you have kids in the kids' area and you need to go get them, I think the cart's waiting for you. 
Uh, the dressing rooms right now are over in this location. You'll see Chris back there. Raise your hand, Chris. He's right there waiting for you. You guys can go ahead and start moving yourself that direction. And uh, we're going to baptize some people here before we end. The end of the story of my friend, I called him. I went home and I packed a bag. And he called me. And he was like, he, he was so mad. He didn't, he didn't know if he should change the locks on the house and throw all of her stuff out the window. Or if he should chase her. And I said, you get in your pickup right now and you chase her. He found out that she went to her parents' house, which was in a neighboring state. And it was going to be a couple hours for them to get there. And he said, you think I should? I said, no. You should. Well, she doesn't want me to. Yes, she does. She wants you to chase her. She wants you to fight for this relationship. She wants you to make it right. She wants happily ever after, and it begins with you making a move. So when I went home to pack a bag, he got in his truck. He didn't pack a bag. He just left. And I'm sure he broke a few speed limits on the way there. But she hadn't been there very long, and he rang, he rang the doorbell. And she showed up and answered the door. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it, what it turned out was they just, they just weren't communicating anymore. He got wrapped up in his job. She got wrapped up in the kids and the sports and all this stuff. And they just fell apart. But in that moment, they reconciled. So just before I put my bag in the car and started headed out in the middle of the night, he says, don't come yet. I think she's coming home with me. They drove home. I called them the next day. There had been restitution. They agreed to get help. And today, they're happily married. Amen. Some people in the room, you don't have anybody like that. Which is why I will push life groups as long as your place, church, has breath, life groups are key to these relationships. There'll be someone in that group that for whatever reason you jive with, and it's like, hey, you want to grab coffee after this? Hey, you want to grab lunch sometime? And then you begin fostering these types of relationships. I've got seven guys that meet in my living room every Thursday night, and they're investing in each other. Man, when those guys leave, I have to unload the dirt that came out that night. And it's okay. But I guarantee any one of them calls today, and the rest of us are there. The rest of us are right there. Why? Because it's authentic, it's real, and it's life. Amen, everyone? We need more life groups. We need more people who are willing to go first. People who are willing to invite just a handful of people over to their house. And you're like, my house is too small. No, it's not. We're not talking about the church coming over. We're talking about five, six, seven people. I don't have enough furniture. We'll sit on the floor. Most of these women's life groups that I see on, on social media, they're not sitting on the furniture anyway. They're all on the floor, right? It's just life. We have a life group training, life group leaders training coming May 26th, 3 p.m. right here in this room. 
Even if you're just considering it, it's not a, you're, not, you're not committing anything. Just be here. Just be here. Amen, everyone. Father, we love you. We thank you for life change. And God, we thank you that you designed us to live in relationships with each other, Father. And now, God, as we go into this, we transition to this water baptism, Father, I thank you that your, your, your spirit is moving on people, Father. Lord, we're going to celebrate the life change with people. This is not the, the key to heaven. Jesus is the key to heaven. This is an outward expression of an inward change. God, this is us going public with our faith. This is a celebration that we all get to be a part of, and we worship you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I realize this is when I normally release the service, and I realize that we have this window between this service and the next service, but I have a feeling there's going to be a ton of people show up, okay? And so, for those of you who can stay and be a part of our, our baptism, stay, celebrate with us. If people have to park on the grass or kids' ministries, like, what the heck's going on? We'll figure it out, okay? We'll figure it out. But if you have to leave, we understand that. Some people have jobs to get to. Before we do, we're going we're gonna to worship God, um, primarily because i got to go put a swimming suit on. And then, uh, so everyone stand up with us. Let's worship God. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.